Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 117 of the Moyes Health Podcast. And this week, we're talking about opinions. Because opinions, they're like arseholes. Everybody's got one. But some of them are dirtier than others. (laughs) I'm so sorry for that introduction. Anyways... Massive thank you, as always, for those of you coming back for a a repeat listen. Be that you are a brand new listener to the podcast or you are a long-term subscriber, in which case, in both instances, thank you very much. Do make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Spotify is just a rating system, so fuck it, rate the hell out of it. But Apple Podcasts is where you need to go to let me know what you think. But, as always, let's dig into it. The Court of Public Opinion. We are all very, very familiar with the Court of Public Opinion. And it's a very, very broad topic, but I'm going to condense it, as I always do, into my own areas of expertise, such as transformation, fitness, fat loss, health, yada, yada, yada. Because when it comes to dieting, I want to lose weight. Anything that is the, I guess, manifestation of that initial proclamation someone's going to have a fucking opinion about it. Someone's going to advise you are doing the wrong thing at some point. Case in point, the amount of times people have jumped on one of my programs, mid-afternoon comes around, they reach for their chocolatey treat, and their staff members go, should you really be having that? And obviously, the beginning of a program, when enthusiasm is high, when you're feeling confident in the approach... It's easy to resist those things. And in your own mind, some case verbally, tell these people to stick it up their ass. (laughs) But sometimes they weigh heavy. Sometimes, let's say you've had a bad weigh-in that week, scale fuckery, whatever. Let's say you've not had a particularly good week. Then these things can cause doubts. I spoke in the last episode about, obviously, weight loss surgery and about the psychological impact that having someone in your life which has gone through that process especially in the beginning can have on you when this person is turning around and saying that they're losing weight hand over fist you wouldn't be human if you weren't tempted or you didn't think about it from a position of hmm because we're all desperate to achieve what we want to achieve and we all want to do it overnight despite the fact that the journey is the transformation and what we learn and what we discover and what we experience along the way is what helps us keep the weight off it's really, really important to recognize that we do all want to get there as fast as possible. You know, I'm no stranger to that. But obviously, there's penalty. No such thing as a free lunch. The faster you try to lose body fat, the more issues you are going to come across, be that in the immediate or in the not too distant future. And so this is why it's so important to take a much smarter approach to your deficit transformation etc than to just get all aggressive with it but in the court of public opinion you will always have someone that thinks they know better sometimes genuinely coming from a good place of i really want to help you and sometimes coming from a position of jealousy wanting to inadvertently subconsciously sabotage you be that psychologically or actually physically Going to the former, 
There will always be people's perception of dieting and fat loss and what is actually needed. I remove all the fluff. And I'm a big believer in removing all of the fluff. It's why if you guys have even spent five minutes around me or on any of my social media channels or anything I produce, you'll know that I get straight to the point. And the reason for that is we're too busy in life to fuck around with shit that doesn't matter. There is so much pseudoscience and bro science and bullshit advice in this industry that you're only one Instagram or Google search away from doing something which isn't going to facilitate the results that you want it to facilitate. And the problem is because of a lack of regulation in that area, then it's very, very difficult to sift through the shit and actually find what is beneficial. There are voices spread across the social media universe that are preaching true, proven, scientific approaches. However, they're drowned out by the many people that are trying to sell bullshit programs, trying to get you to click and like their video, or trying to sell you some kind of tea or a product. And so it is really, really difficult to know the woods of the trees sometimes, which is why, like I said, everything I do is, is straight to the point. But in the court of public opinion, you will always have people's opinions or what they believe to be factually correct statements to do things. To give you a prime example, the amount of times I've coached young men and women with their gym training programs. And I've spent hours putting together their programs based upon proven scientific principles and doing it in a way which is an efficient use of time, which is the fastest way to achieve their goal, taking into account their life constraints, schedule, ability, training experience, etc. But all it takes sometimes is one conversation with the big guy or the leaner girl in the gym for them to question it. And to turn around and go, well, shouldn't I be doing this? And it doesn't always come from, oh, big guy in the gym said to do this. Or lean girl in the gym is doing this. Should I be doing that too? Sometimes they don't mention that there is a third party at all. Sometimes they just either start doing it. Or it comes up in conversation like it's organic. The problem is with big guy in the gym or lean girl in the gym. There are always anomalies in society. Firstly, you have the genetic anomalies, people that are naturally in shape, no matter what they do, no matter what they eat. You'll see these people spread across sports, etc. People that they don't even have to look at a weight and they put on muscle. They don't have to even think about lower calorie foods because they're just genetically predisposed to be in great condition. Hell, to give you a prime example, my ex-wife used to be able to power through a 12-pack of Monster Munch every fucking day and never gained a pound. In fact, she struggled to gain weight. So there are genetic anomalies where their genes will always keep them in a pretty reasonable condition, otherwise known as arseholes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But also, their lifestyle might also be conducive for that. They might be particularly active. They might generally, I guess, intuitively look after themselves without even realizing it or balance their calories at the very least. But you're always going to get exceptions to the rule. Plus, you're always going to get the obsessive people, the people that live health and fitness. They have no social lives. Tupperware is their friend. 
the gym is their church and that's it that's all they do not necessarily because they're bodybuilders but that's just their life they go to running clubs they go to the gym and they get meal prep etc and they just revolve their lives around it they're not interested in any of the socializing norms of takeaways meals out alcohol etc now again there's nothing wrong with that if that's how you live your life you crack on but it's really really important that we don't take advice from these people especially from a position of well this is what i did because there's an old saying if you throw enough shit at the wall some of it is going to stick and so let's take the big guy in the gym for example most of the big guys that I've ever come across in the gym don't actually know how to train properly. But because they are very consistent, pretty much in the gym every single day, because they are eating tons, usually dirty bulking as it's referred to, tons of protein, and because they are lifting heavy and performing a decent amount of compound movements, plus there's a little bit of genetics in there too, and sometimes some other substances, usually oral or injected in the backside, they tend to put on muscle. And so from your perspective, as a young woman or man in the gym, you look at these people and you go, well, you clearly know what you're doing because look at you. You know, you've got to that size clearly because you know what it takes to get to that size. But they've only approached it from one direction. To give you a prime example, to get a little bit deeper into that topic, the bro split is a very, very popular workout split where you hit one muscle group per day. So Monday will be chest, Tuesday back, Wednesday shoulders, Thursday legs, Friday arms. And this is a pretty standard split for someone to adopt in their training. And it's a pretty standard split across the big guys in the gym. Actually, from a scientific perspective, from all studies, all trials, although this particular style of training is great as far as the accumulation of volume, you are dedicating an entire day's workout to a specific muscle group, therefore causing a lot of hypertrophic damage. You're then resting for seven days before you do it again. That's way too much. So more optimal gains could be made by hitting a muscle group twice per week. Hence why workout structures such as upper-lower or push-pull legs, for example, are much more, I guess, progressive because the purpose of training is you hit it, you create the micro-tears, your body recovers, the moment you're recovered, you hit it again. However, if you've got good genetics, you're really fucking consistent, and you're eating a decent amount of calories and a decent amount of protein, then that split will build you muscle. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work for you as an individual. For me personally, I've always had to train smart. My family aren't naturally built. I don't have particularly good genetics for this stuff. So I've always had to work a little bit smarter and a little bit harder. And therefore, doing something like a bro split only got me so far in the beginning and it will get you part of the way there but it won't be optimal and in terms of optimal we want to achieve the maximum amount of muscle in the shortest period of time same thing with fat loss we want to choose the maximum amount of fat loss in the shortest period of time ladies you may have a 
a inspirational figure on social media or in the gym, which you're looking at going, well, they're doing this. I should be doing that. It's work for them, clearly. However, firstly, like I said, you've got genetics. You can't do anything about that. Secondly, you've got starting point. They may have been a former athlete in their younger years, maybe always had sport as part of their life, always had some kind of dietary control as part of their life. You've also got to look at it from a position of how they live now. Is their life similar to yours as far as their social regime, you know, or are they quite introvert? Do they tend to just be quote unquote a gym rat and that tends to be their existence? Again, nothing wrong with that, but you've got to be careful of that comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy, as they say. Plus, if it is a social media influencer, you have to look at it. Is there content there for educational reasons? Is there content actually got, you know, proven science behind it, proven kind of tangible, uh, I guess, methods to achieve a result? Or is it purely there for clicks? Is their ass facing the camera? Are they scantily clad, for example? So there's a lot of things that you have to consider. You can't just take someone's appearance and go, well, they know what they're doing, so what do I need to do? Let's take this topic down the route of nutrition as well, and let's broaden it outside the gym or social media. Let's just go for the general kind of office mentality. You will naturally get genetic anomalies in your place of work, in your family, etc. People that can just not even think about what they're doing. Years ago, I worked with a, uh, a trainer at Fitness First, and he lost a ton of weight. And when I said to him, okay, what did you do to lose it? He said, oh, I just cut out sugar. I then proceeded to cut out sugar. A, felt like shit. Sugar withdrawals massively. B, wasn't sustainable. Sugar came back in pretty damn quickly. And C, the final thing to consider is that how much sugar was he consuming in the first place? And when he says cut out sugar, did he actually cut out all sugar or did he cut out the added sugar? Like I'm not having granulated sugar and I'm not having chocolate bars, etc. But he didn't think about the other sugars in terms of fruits, etc. And the other sugars in, in, in other foods, for example. So that may have worked for him and it created enough of a caloric deficit that he lost body fat. Therefore, he must have been consuming a fuck ton of sugar. And I guess this is where correlation versus causation comes in. He correlated his results with the fact that he got rid of sugar. He removed sugar. By doing that, he lost a load of body fat. Does that mean that sugar is bad? Well, anyone taking it on surface level anecdotally would go, well, yeah, sugar must be bad. He got rid of it. He lost body fat. Therefore, it must be sugar that was making him fat. It wasn't the sugar. It was the calories. Because not only did he cut out sugar, but he massively increased how much he ran. And because his caloric expenditure increased, because his caloric intake decreased, he created a consistent caloric deficit. He achieved body fat. That was the actual cause, the causation of his fat loss. Sugar was a correlation. And so this happens across the entire social spectrum. You know, oh, mate, how did you put on the size? Well, I'm doing this particular exercise. No, it's not the exercise. It's the fact that you're progressing your volume over time. You're connecting well with the exercise and you're consistent. 
well, I eat this food and that's how I get lean. No, it's not that food. It's the fact that you're in a caloric deficit and you're achieving fat loss through not giving your body enough energy. Well, I actually have this drink or this protein shake and these are the things that help me lose weight. No, it's the fact that you're having that, but you're reducing your calories and you're achieving a caloric deficit over time. And it could very well be what you're consuming is helping you facilitate that deficit by minimizing your hunger. Again, the net result always comes back to if you want to lose body fat, you've got to be in a caloric deficit. And if you're losing body fat or have lost body fat or are maintaining a leaner physique, it's because it's freaking calories. Same thing with training. If you're gaining muscle, it's because you're consuming a decent amount of protein and you are progressively overloading your muscles over time. It's got nothing to do with specific movements and all down to consistency and progressive overload. The nuance then lies in how we apply that to you as an individual, your time constraints, constraints, training frequency, etc. So, dusting that one off, you have to be very cautious when dealing with the court of public opinion because the moment you either publicly state that you are doing some kind of transformation or the moment that someone sees the progress of which you are making, opinions will be drawn. Hell, you'll even get the opinions of, oh, don't lose anymore. You don't need to lose anymore. Or, oh, you're getting a bit skinny now. Or, I don't like how you're looking now, which is a fucking beautiful opinion. Because it's like, I'm sorry, I'm pretty sure that my own personal goals have nothing to do with you. And you're, well, turning around and saying, don't lose too much weight. Or, you know, you're looking too skinny. That freaking sentence that statement should be put in the same category of oh love nice ass it's literally in the same category it's an inappropriate statement for someone to make about another individual okay obviously again i use this word again there is nuance as far as specific situations such as if there is someone with an eating disorder correctly and carefully directing them towards help can on occasion, be beneficial. But in the general scheme of things, we should keep our fucking noses out of other people's business and not offer an opinion in public, not offer an opinion on what they are doing. Because if it's working for them, shut the fuck up. If it's not working for them, shut the fuck up. Because they're going to soon figure out what's working for them. You can offer suggestion. You can advise what perhaps worked for you, but do so in a way which is not black or white. If you are going, well, I've worked with this person or I've done this and it worked for me, make sure you emphasize that it worked for you. Don't just go, this is what you need to do. Because again, everybody is different. And to go back to the grand scheme of this, that's why I do what I do. Every single person I work with is taken as an individual. Their lives are taken as an individual. Even on my Made by Moyes program, which is a group-based program, I still end up speaking to people as individuals and adjusting the program to suit them as individuals. Because at the end of the day, we've all got different settings, different requirements, different time constraints, schedules, abilities, likes, dislikes. And so... When we are talking about something as long-lasting and as imperatively consistent as transformation, fat loss, exercise, dieting, etc., it needs to be approached from 
a very realistic perspective as opposed to just a grandiose because like i said throw enough shit at the wall some of it is gonna stick correlations versus causations salads make you skinny no it's because you're not consuming enough calories that's what makes you skinny or oh if you eat steak it puts muscle on no it's the protein in the steak which you could quite easily get from other protein sources such as meat fish dairy protein fucking shakes soy lentils whatever so like i said be very very cautious when dealing with the court of public opinion because you are going to get a lot of opinions in fact i would hasten to say that the industry of health fitness dieting etc has way more opinions or someone has got an opinion about it and is way more comfortable to be vocal about that opinion than I would say any other fucking category on this earth. Because with things like religion and with things like beliefs uh, or politics, you have to be careful with your opinion. But for some reason, in this little sector of health and fitness, people don't believe that they need to be careful with their opinion. They just spout their fucking opinion and that is that. So be careful with yours and be careful with who you listen to. Always ensure that everything you're doing is evidence-based. Don't just follow anecdotes. Don't just follow bro science or pseudoscience or because so-and-so told me to. Make sure you've got a very open mind to what you're doing as far as following an approach which is efficient at achieving what you want to achieve but is realistic as well. Don't go doing shit that doesn't matter because you're just wasting your time and most importantly, you're wasting your energy. And if you're wasting your energy that could be better served elsewhere, then you're probably not going to stick to it. Because the ones that actually achieve what they want to achieve are the ones that follow an approach that they can keep following. An approach that you can stick to is far more powerful than a super optimal approach that you can't. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for your time on this particular episode. If you enjoyed it, I have been loving the Instagram messages that I've been getting from you guys of late. Thank you so, so much for reaching out and just letting me know what you thought of the podcast. Good, bad, constructive criticism, compliments, I'll take all of them. Because the only way that I grow and develop as, uh, I guess, a coach, as an entertainer, as a broadcaster, dare I say, is with your feedback so keep that feedback coming and as always if you want any help with your own transformation and you want a simple approach which is tailored for you and your life then give me a shout but guys as always accept the things of which you cannot change have the courage to change all of the things that you can and of course the wisdom to know the difference and i will see you on the next episode toodles <laughs>